Hi everybody, welcome to Wrong to a Memory, it's me, Jack. And it's me, Colin. Hi Jack, how are you my man? Yeah, I'm good man, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm not bad, I'm not bad. Um, back to just the two of us this week, after having a guest last week. Um, I, I, I guess you'll probably want to, you'll have more to say than me, but the, the amount of people that kind of reached out and stuff that I know of was quite quite amazing last week, and I'm sure you got even more personally, so kudos to our listeners, they are good, good, good people. Yeah, big, big shout out to everybody that sent a message, I had tons of messages and they were coming in sort of on Patreon, um, patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory if you're not on there by the way, DMs and Twitter, and even comments in the Spotify, there's a comment section in Spotify now that they do, and I had a few there as well, so people reaching out from all sorts of angles and it means means a hell of a lot, you know, you need that, I think you need that sort of support circle and stuff like that around you when you're trying to uh, chuck your booze, so uh, very overwhelmed, if I didn't get back to you, I've just missed the message, it's just slipped in it basically, it's not a case of I ignored people because I did want to get back to everybody, so I one on one personally and say thanks for your, your support and stuff like that, so yeah, I was really sort of overwhelmed and yeah, still sober, man. So, yeah, getting there, getting there. I was playing, my media consumptions went up. If you listen to our other show on Heart and Hand, you'll know that. Um, I've been watching lots and lots of telly, been playing lots and lots of games, just trying to pass the time. So, we're actually recording on Friday, and my plan is to play as much of The Last of Us 2 as physically possible later on. Callum's working, so I've got to keep myself busy, mate. But, yeah, everybody's been been brilliant and a big shout out to everybody that's reached out it means a lot really does so thanks for that good stuff that's excellent and um to everybody over the last year or so that's ever kind of made a little bit of a complaint or a comment about the shows maybe not being as regular or being a couple of days late and stuff like that i hope you all feel suitably bad about yourselves now <laughs> you bastards yeah so we'll just that this is a really basic episode, we'll just have a bit of chit-chat and we'll go back to reading Reddit for shower thoughts basically, so we'll just take a thought each and have a little bit of discussion around that. Actually, before we started, um, we've obviously mentioned tons of TV shows I've been watching, but one of the facts sort of links into this because Sylvester Sloan's in a TV show that I've watched recently called Tulsa King. You heard of it? It's on Paramount+. Plus. I have heard of it, and I've heard it's actually quite good, but I've just not had a chance to put it into the rotation yet, but I will watch it at some point for sure. If you don't want to take a mafia thing too seriously, it's kind of, it is kind of like a mix between, sort of, it's got a Breaking Bad type feel to it, but it's also got, obviously with the mafia thing, a Sopranos type feel, but with a bit of sort of, sort of comedy flung in there. It's good, man, I really enjoyed it, and let's say Sylvester Stallone is the... Um, the lead role in it, he's obviously, he must be pushing 80 now, like, I don't know what age he is off the top of my head, but I did learn that he's the only actor to have a number one box office movie in six different decades, so that'll be the 70s with Rocky, 80s, 90, 2000, 2000, 2020s basically, what age is he, about 74 would be my guess? He's 76. Right, okay, so he's nearer 80 than he is 70 basically. Um, yeah, he broke through, um, he had films in the 60s, like ones you won't know. He was oh. also an extra. Uh, oh no, he tried to get a job as an extra on The Godfather, but never got it. Right. Um, when was Rocky? That must have been late 70s. 
78, 79 uh, would be my guess. So he's had obviously that, and then I don't know what his number one movie in the twenty twenties is at the box office. What do you think that is? Any ideas? Twenty twenty. Let's have a look. Let's just let's just go just to, just go to his IMDb. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Um, but yeah, I thought that was quite interesting because that, that like we when you hear like six consecutive decades, obviously you can have something late seventies and early twenty twenties, and it sort of squeezes it down into like a forty year career. Yeah, totally. Sixty it could be sixty nine and then twenty one. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of no seventies, eighties, nineties, thousands, tens, twenties. That's six different decades. So it was the seventies oh, yeah. he would have had his first movies. I don't think it was in movies in the sixties. I don't think anyway. Yeah. Right, let's see. Like, see, I've got his IMDb here now open. So, he was in... Let's go right back to the earliest ones. He was in a film called The Square Root in 1969. Right, okay. That wouldn't have been a number one box office hit, but... Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Um, right, number one in the 2020s would have been... What's that? Uh, he, he, he was the voice of the shark in Suicide Squad. Right, that might I have think been a that's bo- probably yeah. the most likely one. Um, right. In the two thousand and tens, there was a few. I think there was Ra- there was a Rambo film that came out. Um, right. There was Creed two. Um, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume two as well. So I was definitely ones from then for sure. Right. Okay. And it only needs to be there for one week. You know, it needs to have a good yeah. opening weekend or whatever. And then it gets to number one. Then it can fall away, and that's probably what happened in the twenty twenties. But yeah, Tulsa King. Uh, somebody recommended that one of our one of our patrons actually sent me one of them. Um, give give him a shout out for sending me that in DMs because I really I really did enjoy it. So yeah, it's it's sort of uh, turn your brain off telly. I like to call it. You know, you don't need to take it too seriously. You don't need to really point out the massive plot holes and stuff like that in it. But um, good good fun telly and to give it a score, which we don't do, but I'm just going to do anyway. I give it like a seven out of ten. Which is all right. That's, that's pretty good. That's not bad going, yeah. Seven out of ten is good. Right, so let's just fire in. Hey, we'll dive straight first, uh, head first, sorry, into these things. And this one that I found out was pretty disgusting. This isn't a thought, this is just a fact that 70% of people, so seven out of ten people in the world, don't use toilet paper, Colin. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense because the vast majority of the of the world, well, not the vast majority, but a lot of people just don't use toilets in the way that we use them, don't they not? Um, a lot of people are still using the, the old hole in the floor type thing, even a modern version of that in houses. Um, you've got meant to be better what, for you, the hole in the floor, because of the way that you squat. It's yeah, easier to I, do a job with. I've done it once in Turkey. I was in a train, I had a bus station in Turkey. I was on a trip and we were changing buses. And I had to go to the toilet, and I'm not one for going to the toilet outdoors or I mean, out the house. Really, I don't like doing it. Um, but I had to do it, and it was literally these stalls, and they just literally had a hole in the floor. But I think to make it easier for people that weren't used to it, it had like each one had a chain hanging from the ceiling, right. and you kind of held on to the chain as you squatted, sort of a thing. So you, so you didn't fall into the toilet, pretty, basically. pretty much, yeah, and. It was a very, very strange experience. Um, obviously, big portions of Japan and China as well, they've got the the kind of um, Japanese toilets over there where they won't have toilet paper either because it's, it's all done on the actual toilet pan. Yeah, it just flushes your ass basically out, so it does. Yeah, they've got one at Sobo Castle and it's tremendous. It's a cracking thing. Um, 
also a huge part of the world have got the the old bum gun at the side of the toilet, right. uh, the, the hose basically, and they'll just hose themselves off. Um, and you've got more and more people now that just don't think toilet paper is an adequate way of wiping your ass. It's that old kind of, it's, it's that old saying, but it is true that if you got shit anywhere else in your body, a little bit of toilet paper with nothing on it would be the last thing you would use to wipe it. Um, but for your arse, you do use it. Uh, a lot more people now jump in the shower and have a proper wash and stuff like that. So I, 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 although that does look a bit jarring on first read, I totally get it when I actually think about it. Yeah, it does kind of make sense. Why do you think we are lagging behind in the futuristic toilet that is not futuristic anymore? It's sort of standard in Japan, like you say. Why do you think? I mean, we're a pretty um, high-tech nation. Why don't we have... Uh, Toilets that automatically just wash your hole after you've done a, a barking big log. I think the main reason, and it's it's the reason it's the reason it's, it's the reason why those toilets have never really taken off here, is because it's 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 a massive task to actually get those toilets in place because not only do you have to buy a toilet, they're they're like easily twenty times more expensive than just a porcelain toilet pan. So you've got to convince people of the the idea of buy this expensive toilet eventually you'll save money in terms of toilet paper because you you won't need to buy toilet paper. You obviously will, because I'll still piss in the seat when I'm standing up. But um, the other issue you've got with them in our, in our bathrooms is that pretty much every bathroom in the UK isn't set up for electronics. And they not only would you have to install a toilet, you'd have to install electricity and plug sockets and stuff into your toilets to make it work. And the that most... would be a big issue as well. Yeah, my my own suite in the in the flat has got a plug in it, but it's one of those two pin plugs for a shaver from like yeah. forty years ago. Like, why don't toilets have just normal plugs in them? I presume more up to date places do, but like they generally don't. they had that. Sh- they don't. They don't. It's it's a it's a fire. It's, it's a it's a safety risk because of the water involved, basically, in the bathroom. Right. Um, okay. Those shaver ones are usually quite high up. And they're quite yeah, but, low voltage. Um, so but even a normal plug dangerous. for a shaver, because I I cut my hair the other night and had a shave. As you can see, I'm a lot yeah. neater than I was last week when we were speaking to Darren. And I wanted to plug it in and I had to get an extension because it had ran out of charge and I really wanted to do it there. And then I couldn't be bothered waiting half an hour till it charged. So I had to get an extension and just run it yeah. through into the bathroom so I could shave my head. Yeah, it's just it's a health and safety thing. It just I don't think it'll ever change really. Mm-hmm. Right, fair enough, fair enough. The right, I'll let you take this next one, and then I've got something to come in with about Matt Hancock. <laughs> okay, um, so some history textbooks in the future will have screenshots of important tweets that happened during our life, and that does sound ridiculous, but it. That is true. I absolutely will. The same way textbooks now have got excerpts from letters and speeches and stuff like that that was written down or something, then nowadays a lot of breaking news, a lot of information and stuff is given out by Twitter. So yeah, I totally get that. The What I was going to say, you know Matt Hancock's WhatsApp, um, messages. WhatsApp messages came out recently. Yeah. They, I listened to The Rest of History the, the podcast, like I'm not really interested but I actually quite, I don't mind Alistair Campbell and the other really posh uh, Tory guy that's on there um, I don't mind listening to them having conversations so they were speaking about that and they were saying it's a real 
like thousands of messages of real insight into like the personality of like this is like behind the screen stuff. This is stuff that MPs don't want you to see the real personality, the real sort of lads, lads, lads type thing that goes on in these WhatsApps has really shone through in these WhatsApp conversations that he'd been having with other people. Um, it's his own fault for he trusted somebody basically that had form for being a sort of um, journalist that would stab people in the back and he paid her to, oh no wait, she was going to ghostwrite his book and she said she would do it for nothing. <laughs> and he sent all these messages to her and then she just released, she just released them. Like, oh, fuck you, I'm releasing them. It's too good a story not to release it. Um, so it's his own fault for trusting a, a sort of slimy journalist. But It yeah. is his own fault, but it's, it is a fucking hideous thing to do to somebody, whether it's Matt Hancock or not. Like, I, I, I'm not sure if we've got a single listener, Jack. A single listener whose life would not be changed for the worse in quite a bad way if their WhatsApp messages were put out there to the world. I reckon folk would lose jobs, relationships would end, friendships would end, um, people's opinions of them would change massively, rightly okay. or wrongly, because your WhatsApp messages to people are private, and you've also got that group dynamic of WhatsApp where you try and shock each other and you try and be a bit edgy and stuff like that. Leaking somebody's WhatsApp messages is an absolute awful thing to do because... It's- it's fucking people up. It's a cunt's trick. It That's really it. is. But she had form for doing stuff like this before, just double crossing people and stabbing people in the back. So it's just a daft thing on his part to have done that. But what what we're trying to get at is those WhatsApp messages I think will last longer than like a, a lot of things because it's such an insight into yeah. the the realness and in inverted commas of MPs and the way they interact with each other and things like that. That's what I was trying to get at, basically. That, totally. No, absolutely. Yeah, they'll probably get held in high regard as a, an insight into life as a powerful man, basically. <laughs> yeah, like, especially during COVID, he was one of the most powerful men. So, yeah, absolutely. some of the messages were wild, but saying, like, like, let's scare the shit out of the public and yeah. that scare them into line and things like that. So, bit of a fanny. Uh, went into the jungle. Is he still an MP? I don't even know. Did he get sacked? I know he gets suspended. Yeah, he, stood, but... he stood down after he came. Uh, he came out of the jungle. Said he was going to still become an MP. Then he ended up standing down. He says he's got dyslexia, and he's working on a dyslexia charity and stuff like that. I, I don't know how what his WhatsApp messages looked like spelling wise and stuff, but he says <laughs> he's got dyslexia, and he's going to do a lot of work in that field apparently. But. He's fucked. He's he's uh, Max Clifford's in jail now, and Max Clifford. He might even be dead. He might be one of the ones that's dead. But even Max Clifford, I don't think could rehabilitate that guy's career. He's just fucked. Yeah, he's toxic. Absolutely toxic. Uh, when we start forgetting early childhood memories at around the age of seven. Now, when I read this, I was I was really trying to sort of drill down into my earliest memory like and I, the only thing that I can have a snapshot in my mind is the first day of primary one when I would have been five standing in the playground and getting your name shouted out you went and stood in a line to go into your class so I was five years old then and I've got a memory of a bee 
stinging me in the face and this might be a false memory but I was positive that I was in a pram at the time but that would have made me about two or three which I just don't think can be true No, a lot of this stuff is it's not memories, it's people have told you stories and you've heard them so many times you can you can imagine them and you trick yourself into believing it's a memory but it's actually just a shared story that you've been told because I've got one about I remember being I was three or four and apparently I was sat on the carpet in front of the TV eating a boiled egg and I got stung by a wasp or a bee and I remember that so vividly but I don't I definitely don't but in my head I totally do I can taste the egg I was watching Neighbours um, I've got this whole memory of it but I definitely don't um, I think my first memory is fighting my boy in primary one I remember, mm-hmm. I remember this this horrible boy quite early on in primary one. He came up to me one day at lunchtime and told me that uh, uh, I hate your mum, your mum's fat or something like that to right, me. Right. And I kind of just ignored it. And then at the end of the day, I remember him getting picked up and his mum was fucking massive and I just went mental. <laughs> like, <laughs> just lost the plot. The fuck are you talking about? Obviously not like what you thought, but I was like, you said that to me, look at your mum. <laughs> and I, I remember that really vividly. Your mum's a fat ticket. <laughs> yeah, your your mum's so fat. All those jokes in it. Right. She wears a she wears a Malcolm X t shirt and helicopters land on her. Um, and she jumps and I mean. gets stuck. <laughs> that's that's, that's my favourite one. Um, we should do a show in that actually. Um, but I that's one of my earliest one. Yeah, a couple of bit animals next, mate, and this next one again. No one has ever discovered an animal with perfect camouflage. Now, it's because know, it's got perfect camouflage. I don't, know if that's what, <laughs> that, I don't know if that's what the guy was getting at, that it's so well camouflaged we haven't found it. Yeah. Or that, like, you hear that, oh, that iguana can camouflage itself. It really doesn't it. Like, that's a myth. I'm pretty sure it changes colour dependent on mood and whether it's in heat and stuff like that. So, stick insects are pretty fucking good. No? They look like sticks. Yeah, they, they do look like sticks, um, which is ideal for them because they, they hang about beside sticks quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, iguanas, lizards type things are pretty good. There's there's umpteen fish and fishy type things that are really good at it as well. Um, some oh, I think there's some octopuses or squids that are quite good at it. Too. Oh, they're, they're really good at it, man. Have you ever seen the ones that yeah, like they'll they'll sit on a I was going to say a brick, but like. Who sit in rockery and they, mm-hmm. they change colour rapidly and stuff like yeah, that. They're really cool. Amazing. Yeah. Octopuses are like they can squeeze through shit as well. That's tiny. Yeah. Like a, a big fucking octopus can squeeze through a tiny hole. It's how many, leg, man. how many legs has an octopus got? It's not got any, mate. It's got tentacles. Right. Okay. Um, was that what you were trying to get me? No, I was going to say that six of them kind of work as legs, and two right. are like arms. Was oh, that right? So like okay. six are like so like they propel with six, like run with six, and then the other two, I'd imagine the two at the front in front of his face are for grabbing shit and shit like that. But they use them for different things. Yeah. I am. Um, just just a quick break from the, these uh, Reddit chats. Hi. Um, I got a knock at the door yesterday. Okay. And um, I don't welcome a knock at the door. Like okay. I don't I don't think you do either. It's never welcome. It's never good news. Um, but um, I went to see who it was because I was expecting a delivery as well. Uh, I don't a football top, and I was waiting for that to get delivered. Got to the front door, two two relatively young fellas standing there in suits, 
I'm going to show you what they gave me, Jack. The plan of salvation. Yes, right, okay. they were Mormons. They were Mormons. Okay. They were Mormons. Uh, um, never had Mormons at the door. I've had Jehovah's at the door, yeah. but as far as I know, it's either it's either Jehovah's or Mormons get sent, basically, to do that as a job for like, like a year. As a, were they like yeah. teenagers? Were they young? They were, I'd say, t- late teenagers, early twenties. Very nice boys, very friendly boys. I, I gave them the time of day. I spoke to. I wasn't rude or anything like that because that's not how I am. Um, they asked me, "Do you believe in God?" And um, my first instinct was to say, "Yes." His name's Brian Loudrop, but I didn't. I, <laughs> um, I, I said, "No, I, I'm, I'm really sorry, boys, but I don't." Um, and then, like, they looked a bit shocked. So, like, I felt I had to caveat that a little bit. So I was like, "Listen, I'd love to. I think it'd be amazing, but I just." don't think it's true like there's too much shit going on out there for it to be true like all this bad stuff and you're telling me there's a god that's choosing that and he's like yeah yeah and he started talking and stuff like that and we had a bit of a chat um i told them that i thought they were very lucky because th- that belief that they've got must help them and get them through a lot of stuff and things and then um asked them where they were from and one of them was from south africa and one was from las vegas and the end of the conversation, which I felt is when they gave up on me, was when the guy said he was from Las Vegas. And I said, oh, wow, Brandon Flowers from The Killers is from Las Vegas. <laughs> and he's a Mormon too. But he's just got the one wife. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, at that point, he said, could I please give you a book? And I said, yeah, no worries. And he gave me a book. And then they went away. Um, and that's part but- of their thing is that they do that when they're sort of that age yeah yeah they get I think sent, I've read the book. Sent, sent to spread the word yeah i have read the book it's quite interesting um there's a lot of, i was going to say there's a lot of pictures they're not pictures it's more paintings because there wasn't cameras about back then but it's it's quite interesting but I'm, i don't think i'm going to become a mormon struggling, I remember, struggling to get one wife never mind multiple ones so yeah, i remember downloading an audio version of the bible wow an audio book i'd my plan was to listen to it, just not not to find God or anything like that, but just to listen to the stories, basically. But I never, ever get past Genesis. Um, and I just get bored. I just get really bored quickly. But, uh, yeah, I think, like, might be an atheist or whatever, and I think a lot of the listeners will have, they may say they have faith, they might have faith. Some some listeners will faith. Some some listeners don't. But I, I'd I'd imagine the vast majority of listeners don't believe in a god. But that doesn't yeah, mean you can't. Intelligent. You can't go and read about read the Bible and stuff like that. But yeah, if you want to do that, do that. It's fine. I was like I says I was in it for the stories. But <laughs> there is better stories out there. I think. Um, but the, yeah. The guy that read it was Darth Vader, James Earl Jones. Reading the Bible. In the Bible, yeah, he's he's one of the he's one of the guys that has read the Bible as an audio book. Uh, it strikes me as an audio book that would be free and audible. <laughs> Probably is actually. I don't I don't know what the Bible audible. I didn't pay for it, so the Holy Bible. Uh, no, that one that one cost you a credit. Bloody hell! Oh well, well, yeah. I just thought it was quite interesting that the the old Mormons were at the door. I didn't tell them that I had tickets earlier last year for the Book of Mormon. I didn't think they were into that, so I just let that go. I was tempted to let that chat go. I peaked with Brandon Flowers, and they, they did enough of me by that point. Lovely boys, though. Lovely, lovely boys. Aye, they will be nice. They will be nice. 
next right again with animals this is more this is kind of locks into the last of us as well because like zombies everybody's worried about human zombies but nobody ever worries about like a tiger zombie or like a dog zombie or a giraffe zombie did did they just not get infected are they okay did all the animals survive in the last of us you know with um do we know because there seems to be there's dogs and stuff like that and there's dogs, and there's giraffes, and Can they get other infected? species. And or do they just I get ate? I think they maybe just get ate. Like, they don't infect they them, they just eaten. eat them as food, maybe? I don't know. Specifically they, The Last of Us I'm talking about. Yeah, I was going to say, it's in The Last of Us that I don't think there's any evidence so far of animals turning. Uh, there is in The Walking Dead. In The Walking Dead, uh, I think it's uh, Sheba, the big tiger, turned into a zombie tiger at one point. A zombie um, tiger? Yeah, there's a zombie tiger. Um, I'm sure there was other examples of that as well. Um, but yeah, in the last of us, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any animal ones. Not yet, anyway. But they are supposedly working on the, the third game as we speak, so who knows? Are they? That naughty, naughty dog. Naughty dog had been in the press recently for, um, I don't know what they called it, they called it like the Yellow Cross Hint or something like that, because every naughty dog game that you play will have a big yellow cross and things that you need to interact with or like yellow yellow paint kind of leads you everywhere um, okay. and people will sort of take the piss out of that because a bit of that in the last of us too where it's quite ye- when you see something yellow you kind of think that I can climb that or go over that or go that way basically I suppose it's a good way because I am I get lost in the like pretty early on in the game it should be pretty simple just to walk through the jungle and a point you're on a horse and you just basically should just go in a straight line I get fucking lost in the jungle, man. I had to reset <laughs> back to the beginning of the checkpoint um, to get back because I was infuriating myself. Kept kept going the same way, expecting it to be different three or four times until I eventually found what I was looking for. So, But that is that. That is that. Right. Um, when you play chess, you never really get to kill the only king. You just get to take him as a prisoner. I suppose it's true. But it's the... That's I'm pretty sure that's the point of the game. Like in it's to capture the king, it's to capture the king because in medieval times or back when chess has been about for hundreds of years, to get you didn't want to kill a king, you wanted to kidnap a king so you could ransom him or whatever, or like swap yeah. your swap that king for your pals and, and vice versa. So I don't really know why I put that one in. That was just uh, I must have cut and pasted it by accident. Um, short and sweet, when you get married, you start having sex with one of your family members. <laughs> Hopefully you do, yeah. Hopefully you do. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. And the person who came um, up with marriage along the same lines must have been real clingy. Ah, oh, that's a bit, I suppose. I, I, I don't imagine you would know the, know the answer to this, but when... Hope, I hope I do now. Right, okay. When, when did marriage become, like, sort of marriage for love's sake rather than just social climbing or you, you, you <laughs> I can hear you typing away so no 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 I'm just scratching my nose just scratching your nose but you know what I mean like it used to be back in the day you would do it to socially climb like fathers would marry off their daughters or you would marry marry somebody in your own social class for the sake of it so you could live a certain life or whatever without there being a real need for like oh I love you well, let me surprise you. I do know this because when I got married, 
I took it very seriously. Did a bit of research at the time about marriage, about what it meant, about this history of it, the reason of the for it, and all that sort of stuff. And it basically goes back to seventeen. Let me remember this. Seventeen seventy six, I think it was, and there was a thing based on the U.S. Constitution um, about the right to happiness, uh, which came in. And one of the kind of offshoots from that was young couples should put their own happiness ahead of the wishes of disapproving parents when it comes to time to select a mate or a companion. And it was really from that point only, or that point on, that people started to marry for love rather than for material gain, for status claiming and all that sort of stuff. So if I remember my research properly from back then, Jack, 1776, and it's all based on the US Constitution. So a very specific year there, well, well done for Yeah, him. I've got a good memory for things, you know. I've got, I, I, I'm all about the love mm-hmm. and the marriage and all that. So, 1776, it's always in my head. Right, okay. Thank Let's move on. on. You can take the next couple. I've been, I've been spouting a lot. Right. Let me just close that tab. Hold on. What right, tab? Um, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. So, Cinderella. Is apparently the only woman in the entire kingdom of which she lives that has the same size shoe, has that size of shoe. Yeah, I, I've, I'm sure I've thought about this before as a youngster, thinking surely somebody else's foot would just would have fitted in that. I think so, wouldn't you? Even, even like, like so I, you know, I've got a lot of shoes. I like a shoe. I like a shoe. And I've got shoes that are 10s. So I've got shoes that are 10 and a half. So I've got shoes that are 11. And I can fit in all of them. So. You don't even need to be the exact size to get into this thing. I suppose with it being a glass slipper, Aye, there's no there's not so much there's not so much movement in it. You've got to really just slip in, but it shouldn't be that difficult. It really shouldn't. No, it should not. Um, you might know this one because um, you've got a pussy cat. Um, humans and cats have practically made an exclusive language between themselves. Cats only meow at humans. They don't meow at each other. Uh-huh. And humans do the boys only to cats, so you've kind of created a little thing just for yourselves. Uh, it but is you don't, true, but you don't understand their meows and they don't understand your pips. So, <laughs> your pips. Uh, no, yeah. the I've got a I've got quite a a short sharp pst for when I'm giving the cat into trouble when it's doing something oh. I don't want it to do, and it it does kind of understand that because it kind of like looks at me and like tends to either stop what it's doing or like run away or whatever oh, or meow perfect. back at me when it's sort of when when he's arguing with me when he doesn't what like did you me. have first charlie or victor uh charlie charlie first yeah i had a cat when i was growing up as well for 17 years so um yeah i, I tell you what we, we we never said this with darren's episodes but we would like you to click that share button on whatever yeah. app you're on and just share this episode so that lots and lots of people can listen to it because because we didn't ask you to do it. We forgot, basically, when we were recording with Darren. We didn't ask. Nobody did. Um, so we, we feel like we need to ask you again. Is that right, Colin? Just please. Yeah, it's definitely right. And, I mean, it, it, it basically is this podcast in a nutshell. We do potentially the most important episode we've ever done. We get a star from BBC Scotland, a guy from a hit, hit show, like Scott Squad, we get a guy that's got loads of Twitter followers, he's got his own podcast that does a bit of promotion for us and helps us, and we don't help ourselves by asking <laughs> you to share that that fucking that podcast yeah. episode. So, yeah, that's us in a nutshell. That's why we need your help. So, yeah, 
if you care, give us a share. Yeah, and share Darren's now as well, if you want. Go back. Ah, he's a good lad, Tim. Share all the episodes. Go for it, lads. I tell you what, we will be back with you in a couple of days with more general chit-chat. I think, Colin, does that sound all right? Yeah, it sounds like a plan to me, mate. Right, speak to you then, guys. Bye. Colin, I personally don't think there's anybody still listening, and if they are, they're pretty hardcore long-term memory fans, and I would be expecting them to go and sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash wrong-term memory, or by clicking the link in the show notes. Absolutely, and if for whatever reason they can't do that, and paying for content isn't their bag, they can still offer us continual support by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Mm-hmm.